interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to Our Friendly World. Better, Stronger, Together. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Connected, where we are all interconnected and we're finding out ways in which we are. Today, we have our beautiful friends. We have Paul, Beth, Katie, and KJ. Today. And Matt. I'm sorry, babe. (laughs) I'm sorry. Matt is here, too, everybody. (laughs) Love is winning. Today, we are focusing on compassion expression, emotion, creativity, in celebration of our friend KJ, who's a psychotherapist and this amazing healer. Most of us just came off of one of her sessions. She did with us a gathering. We had a gathering of creativity and compassion. So with that, I looked up the word art and it's weird because I've been an artist most of my life, but Everyone always freaks out on the definition of it. I'm a photographer and a lot of people don't consider that art. I found that very bizarre, but here's what it is. It's a noun, the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, typically in a visual form such as painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. Do you see that? It doesn't even put music in there or poetry. Yeah, I I was going to call that out right away. Yeah. Um, Or dance, I mean, or literature, which is poetry too. I I mean, definitions are very weird. And also how we define ourselves, how we define our societies, how we define our self-worth, how we define everything. I mean, my goodness, there's so much. There's so much. And so let's start off with KJ. KJ, please tell everyone out there what we just went through, like our, about our gathering. That didn't sound right. Tell everyone <laughs> about our session with what you. What was that? Because <laughs> I, I went through a lot. I really went through a lot. I'm still trying to understand what the heck happened with my head. <laughs> oh, um, goodness. Well, thank you, by the way, for inviting me to speak a little bit about it. The gathering that we just experienced earlier today was my invitation for folks to actually first define and identify what they do believe art and expression and compassion mean. And what I found over the years of doing this research is that what you highlighted when we started this episode, Fawn, is that there are clear cut definitions that we have definitely embraced. And I was curious as to where that came from. And the hope of this gathering, these meetings are to help folks redefine. So identify what we believe is creativity and expression and health and, and art and compassion and self-care and then maybe redefine with our new and current ways of being. And I encourage it from an embodied sense. So the way that we wrapped up our meeting was 
I ask people what they notice in their bodies first, how they are right now in the moment after we moved through a, a series of exercises. And it included movement and visual work, dialoguing, and then also sound and music. Our wonderful friend Paul, who's here today as well, played a little music for us. It was so beautiful. It was so pretty, so Paul. Beautiful. And it was a way for us to, again, like I said, redefine or maybe change the way that we had been in approaching the way that we are compassionate, creative, expressive, and artistic in our own lives. You brought up some words and you had us free flow, free flow draw, and we only have three seconds. So you give us a word and we have three seconds to create a shape or something, an expression. Yes. And I had given a couple of instructions because I saw sort of a panic come across a couple people's faces. Did you see it? Did you see it? I did. Because <laughs> I was feeling it too. I thought it was just me. <laughs> oh, no. Um, that is one of the cool things about these sessions or these video sessions is I could see everybody and I could see like this flit of panic across people's faces when I said, so pull out your writing utensils or drawing utensils and we're going to draw. And I just kind of saw, <laughs> saw this pause. Yeah. But then when I said... No, it's not drawing in the sense that we used to know it. I'm just asking for you to respond with marks on your paper. And, and I said, and you have three seconds to do it. Just your initial reactive response. Don't think about it. What does your pencil do? What does your marker do? What does your paintbrush do if you had a paintbrush? And because it was such a short period of time of reaction, these were small pictures or just marks. And that's how I guided it as well, is just to say, don't put so much pressure on it. And we don't have a lot of time. What's your initial instinctive reaction? It was so great. And it was so great that it was only three seconds. And I had a tiny, tiny little sketchbook. Like it's three inches high and two inches wide. And I was well, a little bit bigger than that. But it's interesting because one of the words um, I... It just, I, I, everything we did was tripping me out. And I thought when I first started our session, I thought I've got this. I love this kind of stuff. I'm all over it. I'm so open. I know myself. And I ended up just like, I don't know. Like I had a hard time in there. I mean, I had a good time, but I had a hard time if that makes any all sense. Right, so I, I want to bring up the words that you brought up for us to draw with. So the first one, it, it doesn't matter which one was which. I don't know if I have them in order, but we had fear, happiness, longing or yearning, disgust, tense, joy, graceful, solemn, agitated, powerful, and we had cool. And I like for I'll just use myself as an example, but I had to interrupt everyone and say, I, I need some therapy, KJ, because I just realized the word agitated. I have two signatures in my life that I've had most of my life. There's one where I sign all my artwork to, and there's one that's totally official for legal paperwork and stuff, and they're totally different. And I noticed that the one for my art that I sign, like if I, when I have museum quality prints I put my signature on was exactly the agitated symbol that I made. I didn't even realize that. 
And I thought, what does that mean? And then I looked at the drawing I had for joy and it's totally joy and graceful. Those are my legal signatures. Like it, it looked the same. So that, that tripped me out. I'm like, KJ, is this why I haven't become a world renowned photographer is because I feel agitated somehow regarding my work? Like, what is that about? And then you said, that's interesting because that same symbol I showed you for my agitation was your strength or power, right? Power, powerful. Power. I was even more thoroughly confused. And it's just funny how one symbol can bring about so much emotion. Yeah. And let's look at life in general. This is just one symbol that created so much profound, like I wanted to cry, like I was having a breakthrough, but I was so confused all over one tiny little scribble but like so much is happening in life and so much is happening in the world how in the world do we keep is this why we're all going crazy is this why the world is in such disarray because if one tiny symbol has tripped me up and i feel like i have my stuff together if that little symbol tripped me up and we have all these things happening around the world and we're all experiencing it together and there's a dance between all of us. What in the world are we going through? How are we going to make it through, KJ? Katie, Beth, Paul, yeah. Matt? Is it just me? Am I just overwhelmed? What happened? Day by day. Yeah. Yeah, but we keep putting things off. Oh, I'll get that tomorrow. Yep. Or, or I'll feel that tomorrow. Let me just not think about that right now. And it's accumulating. I think, though, taking the five minutes that it took us or t so to go through that exercise of symbol and, and quick reaction to a single single word is very telling. And it's a really good start. The fact that you sat there and you were like, oh, my gosh, I recognize I recognize the symbol. And I hadn't made that connection before. And just you saying, oh my gosh, my signature on this is actually my agitation signature versus my signature over here is my graceful and my flowing, joyful signature. You taking the time to at least identify it and hold that space, that's key in my opinion, is to stop and identify and see what's going on in yourself. Not that you have to understand it or have an answer for it, but just that you have it, that you're experiencing it. That's all you need is just to ask that. Like, I, I want to know what the heck is going on. I want to figure it out. It's a good start because those that are running around rampant and not asking what do I need right now or what am I doing right now, those are the ones I'm most worried about. Wait, say that again. The ones that are not asking and doing doing the... Uh growth the research yeah asking mm. the tough questions or pausing enough to say hey look at my signature <laughs> or mm. hey look, look at my initial reaction to this one word i'm worried about the ones that aren't pausing you paused today and i know it, it did throw you into a place but you just asking did cause a pause if that makes sense that totally makes sense and yeah it takes me to what I have said for years. And I don't know, I don't remember who told me this, but they said, be look on the lookout in society when you feel and you see no art is being created. When there's no art, when there's no expression, 
you need to be very scared because something is very terribly wrong when art is not produced in society and or it's all being kept inside or it's it's, it's all being repressed yeah because you don't feel safe enough like i say this about um just for my as myself and what i've noticed as being an immigrant is that usually the immigrants have no luxury of space or time to be free-flowing they are in survival mode that's why when their kids are being raised in this new culture they want their kids to do x y and z to make sure that they survive in this culture i.e become a doctor become a lawyer become an engineer boom and that's how you survive there's no luxury of space or time to pursue the arts because they're in survival mode and i feel like society when they're in in a state of survival it's a bad situation because we're not sharing we're not expressing we're not allowing for compassion we're not allowing the creativity there's no emotion it's all locked up till some till everyone just blows up at the same time yeah until there's an explosion and by the time something is released it's like a volcano and it could be quite disruptive and i feel like is that what's happening around the world right now? Is that the virus is everything we're going through? I mean, from the earth to people's emotions to viruses, is it an explosion, an eruption of everything that was never really seen, expressed? Um, it's interesting as well, because, you know, like um, everything normally comes in waves, doesn't it? That's like the idea of like the old mythology of yin and yang, the understanding of it and like the waves of yin and yang and uh, explosions in theory with that, you know, they're, they're meant to happen. Which I mean, for me, having that outlook upon life makes me also accept the bad things that they're meant to happen sort of thing. And it's... And it's out of my control and it's all part of the beautiful dance of life and the beautiful picture that's already painted sort of thing. And I'm just like watching it unfold and not letting that affect my emotions and knowing that it's meant to happen. And also like, you know, life is a beautiful creation and it wouldn't exist if it didn't have the explosiveness and the, the sadness and the, the darkness sort of thing. So in turn, that darkness has its own beauty even though it's darkness and it's sadness, but just like looking at it like that really helps me not take it on board too much, you know? Paul, I love that. That's like, that's how I try to be with our children. If they have dark emotions, if they have anger, if they have fear, Matt and I always make sure to let that be okay. But I see how you see that for the world. You treat the world like the world is your child. And so any eruption or explosion or a strife that is happening you're just allowing it for it to happen because it's a natural process it yeah, needs to like, be expressed like growing up like a child yeah i never thought about it like that paul yeah you are amazing. i never thought about it thinking in, um seeing it as a child that's interesting you, yeah. but you're just like as a parent you're just allowing it to happen instead of trying to control it and say no volcano don't explode you know yeah. let's not talk about this you guys Let's not talk about politics and let's not do that. Right, which in turn starts to invalidate those emotions. I mean, just because you have negative emotions doesn't, you know, you should express them. Because if mm -hmm. you don't, you end up with, uh, what is it? Um, what is it the Tibetan monks have? 
Oh, diabetes. You end up with diabetes if you repress all your negative emotions too much. This comes mm. from Dr. Martinez, who I studied. I love this person so much. He he studied, he followed around Tibetan monks, and he's obviously a doctor, and he realized that the population around the world that has the highest case of diabetes are Tibetan monks. Mm. And it's because... Oh, yeah. Oh, Katie, Yeah. Um, it's because, oh, see, I don't know. Well, have, he believes it's because. No, but. he researched it. They all researched it. So, I, and I don't have my notes in front of me, so I don't have the like specifics of like the particular part of the body that creates insulin and like how all that works. I have it all written down. But basically what, what okay. happens is that when you see an injustice in the world, when you see, for example, like with the Tibetan monks, your brothers and sisters killed right in front of you, you when you see such injustice, you see that and you go straight immediately to love and compassion, no matter what. You're not allowing yourself to feel the rage. When you go straight to love and compassion meditation, it disrupts, some, it, it disrupts your body and your body knows that is total BS. <laughs> right yeah. and so the it, it involves the um adrenal gland it, it uh, i have it all written down i don't know i don't want to say because i don't want to get it wrong but basically it creates diabetes insulin mm. and it, it, that it, all gets affected i'm, I'm kind of guessing because maybe because because your body like you said is is classing it as bs so it, can, it um, creates body stress, mm -hmm. which then fatigues the adrenal glands and screws up your pancreas and your liver because um, it puts like byproducts of like adrenaline and stuff and adrenaline is quite corrosive if it's always going on and stuff like that, which in turn, yeah, gives you, um, if you've got a slacking liver and pancreas, then your insulin isn't um, coming out as much and also... Um, it's working harder to break down other stuff like fats and stuff like that. And I mean, Indians eat loads of fatty food as well. So that's got to have some kind of part to it. And usually when you think of diabetes, you think, oh, it's the overweight people who have lots of donuts and French fries. But these are the Tibetan monks who are usually vegan, vegetarian mm. for sure, you know. Um, so it's just it's interesting. Maybe, you know, what I'll do is I'll. I'll find my notes and I'll put it in the show notes about Dr. Martinez. But I think what it's saying is that you need to express the range. You need mm. to express the range in your in art. Society needs to ex uh, express the entire range in its art, in its music, in its science, in its everything, and as well as us as individuals. I have a question. What do you think the guiding emotions of our society are? Like what, if you could put into one or two words, like how KJ had all these words like fear, happiness, longing, yearning, disgust, tense, joy, graceful, solemn, agitated, powerful, cool. What word do you think best describes what the heck is going on in the world? I think it's fear. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a good too. one. I think it's separation. Not loneliness, because loneliness has a component, but separation. Is that an emotion? Mm. I'm going with it as an emotion. It's just, it's again, it's a very nuancy word. You know, I think that politically, certainly in America, there's a separation. I think there's a physical separation. And I think emotionally we're separated as well. 
and spiritually, the whole thing of you feel separate from a source, whatever source you want to call it, feeling that you're completely away from that. Yeah, that's a good one, honey. Yeah, I think they're related as well. Like the fear creates the separateness sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And for for me, it would be also frustration would be my word. And, you know, frustration of how people are putting, how people are having fear put on them um, to create the separateness, I mean, I, I think it's, but you know, on purpose. Yep. Yeah, it's um, right. And it's frustrating. And people don't know the truth. It's, it's annoying, isn't it? It's right in there, absolutely. Yeah, and a lot of people aren't feeling heard. A lot of mm. people aren't feeling seen. These are really, like... I think people are, ta- like, the emo- it's not an emotion, but tired. I think people are just mm. feel like they're on this merry-go-round of, like, when is this going to end? When can I jump off? When will there be normality? And what will that look like? That uncertainty. To expound on that, I think it's also fear of what's going to happen in the future. What is it going to be like? Yeah, like when is this going to when is this going to end? And then what's going to happen? Am I going to get back to my job? Am I going to be able to go on vacation? Am I going to stay healthy? So it's fear of the unknown, basically, for the future. Mine is a synonym kind of encompassing all of the words already mentioned and very similar to Matt's, which is disconnect. And I see it as a verb as well as a noun. There is an intention around actually deciding not to connect. And our group is called Connected, which shows you how we're trying to instill some balance in that. And then there's also the noun. There's just this idea of a disconnect. There is a separation. There's, like I spoke about today, there's a disconnect from our mind to our body. How do we connect that up again? How do we see that they're related? Meaning we are being compassionate when we give space for creativity and idea and um, something that's outside of a structure. But there needs to be like this bridge. And so my idea is that it's, it's within us. It is within our physical soma. And if we start with how we are compassionate and feeling in the moment, in our bodies, in our present moment, that can help us connect and reach out to see how someone else might be experiencing the same moment. Maybe a different reaction, but we are in this moment together. We are having a reaction for sure. See, but where everyone else, I mean, it feels just so very negative. My word, separation, has negative connotations, but all the connotations aren't necessarily negative. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that I have a separation with my family, that we're able to be together all day, every day. I read an article just this week that was talking about how dogs, dogs, this is like the greatest time ever for people's pet dogs. And they're worried about what's going to happen when things go back to normal, whatever that means, because the dogs are loving it. You know, I think that there's there's there, there's a lot of good inside of separation. There's a heck of a lot of negativity, but it, it depends on how you frame it and it, it depends on how you go forward with it. Mm-hmm. Agreed 100%. I agree as well. I think I said the word tired and that is negative, but I think with my positive lens on, <laughs> I don't feel like... Uh, we've talked a lot about negative emotions that are unexpressed 
in terms of creativity and I think I don't feel like I'm going to explode I feel quite content and happy even though the world is kind of crazy right now but I do wonder I am not as creative I am a, I feel like I'm a creative person but I don't feel like I'm giving myself that space to be creative on a day-to-day -day basis and I do wonder what am I denying myself and others and what more joy and more, more happiness could I have if I just did that so I think not just looking at it negatively as we need to be creative to deal with emotions. I think we should be more creative just generally because that can create so much more blessings. Mm -hmm. That's why we homeschool, honestly, is to keep that intact because yeah. um, thank God we became parents because I really saw firsthand how babies, children, come in with everything completely intact they know everything they are the ambassadors of love the ambassadors of truth and expression they know everything i would just look at them and ha there would be like a telepathic thing that would get transferred to me like oh my god i forgot this is what it is and it has everything to do with the creativity and the connection these children know and as we get older, I don't know what happens. I used to blame schools, but I think it's even deeper than that. What happens? We get so um, calloused. We start doubting our source and doubting ourselves and even not realizing or remembering who we are, which is another question that KJ brought up today that I thought I would be okay with, but it thoroughly messed with me. It was when do you feel most like yourself in the past month in the past three months where were you? you you can probably help me with the questions that you asked because i don't remember kj word for word exactly how you posed the question no you're doing really good i was asking can you recall when you felt most aligned and most like you yourself and if so where were you what were the sensations around you? Who was with you? And then I just moved through painting a picture or creating a vessel or a space for you to find yourself there again, but in the present moment. So I moved through, this, through the senses. What do you smell? What do you hear? What are you doing? What is your body physically doing in that moment? To remind that we can access this information right now if we just pause and ask the question so and then you got deeper and you talked about the parameters of time <laughs> what did we do when we had no parameters of time when there were no instructions on anything other than go do it and what would you do if you were told go do it go do something anything you want and what would you do if you're not worried about a schedule or anything, not worried about time, what would you do as a child? And that stumped me right there again. I thought I'd be okay with that question, but I, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was because we had our kids doing this um, session too, and I was like curious what they were writing, but then I didn't want to, I didn't want to spy on their notebooks, <laughs> and then I started panicking because I did peek over and I saw some words that frightened me I'm like oh my god why is she feeling this way what happened and you know I wanted to take care of her I'm like oh, are you feeling this or I, I I didn't know the context of the word you know like I don't know why she wrote that word mm -hmm. what she was referring to I just one word just popped out 
but I couldn't even, and then I'm like, okay, just focus on yourself. Cause I had just told one of my kids, Hey, focus on your own work because they were copying each other. And I'm like, okay, I should take my own advice. Okay. I'm just going to focus <laughs> on myself. I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah. Like, I don't, how do you, what's the definition? Like when you asked, who are you? I'm like, um, I wish I could have asked, but I was, I couldn't reach the computer to type into the chat. But what I wanted to ask you, KJ, was what does feeling like you mean? Like, I don't even know what that, what does that mean? What does it mean to feel like you? Like, could you define it? Because I was thinking, well, is the me how I show up every day? Is that me? Is the, is it the me that I feel like I haven't achieved yet? Is that me? Is, is the me the one that came before I was born? Is that me? Which me? What is the you? Can you explain that, KJ? Like, can we get into that? What am I making sense? What is the me? What is the you? What does it mean? <laughs> what, what does it mean to feel like you? Well, what does it mean? I mean, that's, I think that's a very fair question. I'm going to steal KJ's thunder for a second. But like when I go to work, it's literally like me putting on an outfit and playing a role. I am play the role of the technologist and I play the role of the good teammate and I play the role of the curious and I play, I, I play all of these roles, but I'm not really 100% me. I am the me that's going to make them feel comfortable right? Mm. The times I am me are generally pretty solitary, to be honest. I'm generally by myself and I'm enjoying and I'm experiencing and I'm just being. And that's when I feel uniquely me because I think everyone else has so puts, you know, so much on you as far as the things that they need from you and the things that you need from them and how to get them that it's, it's very hard for me in a non-solitary environment really to be me. I feel, I feel like I've gotten, that's why I've gotten fired from almost every job I've had is because I was <laughs> authentically me. So like, how do you survive <laughs> when you're you authentically and you can't switch when you can't do the code switching when you can't, when you're ethnic like me, you can't just switch and look different. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it just, so anyway, so what does it mean, KJ? <laughs> Which you were you referring to? So there's one way that you can help identify or at least get a little closer to it, which is compare yourself when you are most tense, most anxious, most uncomfortable. And I know that sounds really odd, but to actually in the, in the same way of like muscle tightening and muscle progression, like if I ask you to tense and squish your shoulders up to your ears for two, two, three seconds and then relax for two, three seconds, the relaxed ease, that is the natural. So when you go in an extreme and you're one way specifically and then you release out of it and relax out of it, that is where your resting place is. That I'm willing to wager is closer to your natural you-ness than this. But a lot of times we don't notice it until someone asks us, hey, why are your shoulders up in your ears? Oh, oh. And so I wanted to say that Fawn, a part of the real you is to be Fawn the mother. So what you were doing in the session where you were watching and making sure your kids were okay, that is definitely a you-ness, that is a fondness. I worry about everybody. 
Yeah. Or you care and you want to make sure people are comfortable and well. Thanks, KJ. That helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Caring is a nicer word for it. Definitely. And then like, so can we, do you guys want to express who your real yous are now that you, you kind of did it, Matt, right? What is the real you, Matt? You're a crazy heavy You'll metal. You'll never know. <laughs> you're, a, you're, a, you're a samurai, Viking, heavy metal There's There's guy. so many roles there, but who am I? Mm-hmm. I see, I, I would get lost in all of that. That's, that's way too much confetti being thrown up in the air. I can't see through it. I mean, I know, but can I express? Not so much. Uh, I, I see you. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby, that's it. Matt just made a gesture, <laughs> that gesture where you point your index finger and your middle finger to your eyes and then point it to the other person. <laughs> it went straight to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but like Bev, people think she's like this quiet person but when you talk to Beth you're like oh wow <laughs> like we've had the best conversations yeah They're, I'm listening if I'm not talking I'm listening you're like way out there I love it I love talking to you so much no oh, thank you Bon. I love talking to you too I think the same as what Matt said when I'm in solitude like when I'm meditating or when I'm in that gap between my thoughts, that is to me who I am. But can I label that? You know, even when you get to that space, when you're really in the now, I'm not sure I can define with words what that is apart from source or energy or I don't know. That's when I feel like me because I'm just still, I'm just being, I'm not labeling myself. I'm not, my body I'm not my career I'm not my job I'm, I'm not any of these other things that we label ourselves or other people label us as you, so I think it's when I'm quiet it's very interesting though because you're very metaphysical and that's the perfect description of there's no space no time no thing no one mm-hmm. it's in that empty space where it all exists like the way you just described yourself is all of all universes yeah everything when i look at katie like okay so katie is our neighbor pretty much um we've actually hung out in person and so when i look at katie who she is to me is open-armed when you're looking at katie's face her eyes emanate this open ready to help you ready to hold you knowing with true wisdom what you need that's katie (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But I'm curious how you see yourself. Oh, that's really hard also because when I first thought of it, you know, it's like, okay, I'm a mother, a wife, a grandmother, and then, but I'm so much other than that in other times when you're by yourself, when I'm out walking, when I'm in the garden. I think that's like this morning I was out planting some arugula seeds and it just took me no time at all, but I felt so happy and I felt like, that's when I myself is when I'm happy doing things that make me feel happy and at peace and relaxed. So I think maybe that's it. I'm, it's it's a hard thing to pinpoint because there's so many different times when I'm myself in different situations. That It's perfect. I love all these answers and now I don't feel so strange because <laughs> I really couldn't answer that question. 
when it was posed in our session with KJ. I couldn't do it. But KJ, pray tell about you. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we met earlier today, I, I really felt that the way and how Paul plays his music, I, I started playing a little piano and that's just to let you know where I was in the moment. And then Paul joined me and it was lovely. And, and then I sort of receded into the, the background and Paul continued to share what was present for him in the form of music. And I honestly felt like that described me being truly me. When I am surrounded by sound and near the water, You'd mentioned this too, Fawn, in, in our session earlier, that you need to be near the water. Or when you were a kid, at least you were near water. And I remember that about you. We both have a great love for the ocean. And so I certainly can say that when I am near the ocean and, and it's a moving body of water, lakes, they're nice too. But my water to me feels most comforting when it's in movement. And so I can best describe it as when I am in those elements or within those elements music, sound, and moving water. And what am I doing in those moments? I'm usually very still. So I feel most like myself when I'm still and surrounded by soothing, fluid water. It's so great to hear everyone else's explanations because I feel better. Because when you posed that question in the session, I saw everyone making these beautiful gestures and dancing i'm like well i don't feel like that is something wrong with me like i don't want to move because in my in my happy place in my you know being myself i'm like completely still (laughs) like i don't want to move like that (laughs) and then i feel like oh man do i have to go to the gym like I don't you know what I mean. Do I have to go to the gym to be in my happy place? Really? Well, because I saw everybody else moving and using their bodies. I'm like, I don't want to really do that. <sighs> and I felt wrong. I was like, I'm so wrong. I'm just wrong all the time. This horrible. I suck. Um, but in hearing all of your answers, I'm like, oh, me too. Okay. So that's okay. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. So wait a second. So to psychoanalyze you. So the only way that Uh you can be okay with you is when you're part of a group. I don't know. I don't know. Oof. No, that's not what I said though. It's because we're all one map. Well, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. And I I agree with that. Actually, it's a whole other story. We could, yeah, never mind. We can't get into. What are you trying to get at? I I don't know. Are you trying to pick a fight with me? Me? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I seriously don't know what you're getting at. Oh, it's just uh, part of, I think, the core of me being me is kind of not giving a hoot what anybody else thinks about here's the thing when you've been fired from most of the jobs you've had when you can't make it in your career to the level you have sought after for your entire life like me (laughs) you start asking those questions and you start thinking well i must be such an oddball i am so always the one odd person out Mm -hmm. you know i'm always the other i'm the one who falls in the cracks so yeah, best believe when I hear someone else is feeling like me, for once in my life I can be like, oh, 
So I'm not so separated is what I'm trying to say. Does that come across or am I sounding like I just want to just be people pleasing, whatever you're, what it, what it is you're insinuating. I'm just going to sit here and smirk at you, darling. Why are you doing, why are you so mean to me today? What is your problem? I'll be quiet now. No, I hate it when he gets quiet. It makes me nuts. <laughs> just, it makes me crazy. Yeah. You relating, know? relating is good. Relating is great, yes. isn't it? Um, you know, it's the same with like <laughs> sympathetic stroking coming from Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mo- that um, is caressing like my with, arm. With my addiction, yeah. So the best person to relate to me that got me out of my addiction was talking to another addict and relating to people in the same mind way. Relating is beautiful. And I also like, you know, so that that's beautiful to for healing and stuff. And I, I think how everyone was talking about, like Matt said the word source, yeah. And then Katie was on about like peace and stuff like that. And when I connect to my source, I find that peace. And it's in the stillness that everyone else is talking about and stuff like this. Um, and uh, mine for my birthday. So every other birthday I've ever had, apart from the ones where I got sober, I would always get as as uh, messy as I could, you know. And then this year, we were in England and it was in the middle of December, so it's freezing cold. And then me and my mates, we went to the pub. They um, were all sober, which which is bonkers to think of in England. Um, And they, you know, we had a lovely little meal with a cake that came out and then we went swimming in the ocean, um, you know, in the middle of December. (sighs) And it's like, it's just like a celebration of life, you know. And then when you're out there, you're, I wasn't thinking about anything and I was connecting to that source or my higher power or whatever you want to call it, the universe sort of thing. And in that stillness and just in that moment, that moment of peace, which the beautiful thing about meditation is, um, is you know, that those moments where we lose all attachment of the earth and we go back to that source and to that peace that's so impossible to find apart from such rare occasions on this earth um through meditation you can sustain that and prolong it and go into it even deeper that's the beautiful thing about meditation it's really healing and stuff anyway um i can't remember where i stemmed from but yeah there you go the relational piece is i think where you started paul and i agree with that there some of the shares today without giving away any privacy, a lot of what you're just reflecting right now, Fawn and Matt, in that I feel most like myself when I'm with my tribe. I feel most like myself when I'm interacting. One, one gal even shared that she feels most like herself when she is having conversations on the couch with a friend. Or I feel most like myself when I am having human physical contact. So how important are hugs and tactile touching right now, especially right now? I feel that I can relate to that as well. This to me feels like home, having conversations with good people who want to be curious and explore and receive and be reciprocal and give. That to me, I feel very much so like myself right now. There was one moment during our session when one woman was saying, and she started crying, talking about her happy place was hugging people. 
mm. and that she hasn't had that because of what we've all been going through. Yeah. And I looked at, I mean, it, it, I started crying mm-hmm. and then I really made sure that I was conscious enough to look at everyone on the screen and everyone was a little dewy eyed. Everyone yeah, was, comp- we all like, it, there was such a connection, like immediately everyone was relating to that even though most of us didn't say anything like that. And that brought us all, like, I felt like, oh my God, in this precise moment, everyone is connected. Why is that? Is it because of what she's saying? Is is it because she cried and that was an open gate to connection? I don't know what happened, KJ. Like, you, you saw it too, right, Paul? Like, everybody, like, everybody connected. Mm. Like, we were all one thing yeah it's a lovely thing about like you're saying it's like opening the gate to being vulnerable um which like i mean for me especially being quite you know british we we find it very hard to be vulnerable and my parents they you know they've been brought up to not be vulnerable and stuff like this so obviously when i suppress that in you know this is why i love romantic films yeah because i like a good cry when i watch a little romantic film it's my excuse to let it out. And when someone opens the gate, like you're on about being vulnerable, everyone else is just like, they get to be vulnerable themselves. And also, you know, there's empathy, which is a beautiful thing. Empathy. (laughs) (laughs) Is that you? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It wasn't me. (laughs) Oh my God, that's perfect. So, okay. Um, Moving it to the next thing I wanted to talk about is two things. Quickly, let's share happy places. And in sharing, you know, whoever is listening that may not be feeling it, it, it's a good inspiration. Like when I can't figure out where to go or what to do when I'm like just perplexed, it helps to know what people like to do and what people have seen out there that gives me inspiration to find my own thing. So can I ask what your happy place is? I don't even know if I have one, actually. It's the bathroom. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I feel, Let it out. I, fo- I, just, I follow you. I get that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the, the base chakra that's open. <laughs> I don't know if it's the water. But I, I, I talk about this on our podcast all the time, that... I get messages from the universe when I'm in the bathroom. In the shower. In the shower, in the bathroom. I do, in the shower. Yeah, right? Because I Mm -hmm. think it's the water. And having said Mm -hmm. that, I'm with KJ all the way. You know, I used to live in Minnesota, on the border of uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin, actually. And I I was a fish out of water. I I came from, I'm a beach girl. And here I am in Minnesota. And yeah, I mean, everything was very bizarre to me. It was another planet. And when people are like, okay, what do you need? I'm like, I need the ocean. Mm-hmm. And and so people were like, well, we have so many lakes. We have like 10,000 lakes. For those of you in the UK, Minnesota is known for the land of 10,000 lakes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, that's not going to do. I don't want a lake. <laughs> I, I need the ocean. I need the movement. I need the roaring sound of the mother you know the ocean 
And they're like, no, just go to the lake. I'm like, no. Like in Colorado, people keep telling me to go to the mountains. I'm like, we are in the mountains. And I'm terrified of the mountains. I don't know what's lurking behind there, behind those bushes. There are bobcats and bears and mouse. No, thanks. No, I don't know. <laughs> so um, I, it was to the point where when I did sleep, I would have dreams of the dolphins from the Pacific Ocean diving into the ocean and somehow through beneath the continent coming out of these tiny little lakes in Minnesota to say hi to me. And I would feel so sad. Um, But so my happy place is the ocean, you know, go figure here we are in Colorado. I'm like, I feel like I'm holding my breath until we get back to some water. God's sake. So anyway, um, that's my happy place. That and also my love, Matt, and the girls, and my friends, you guys, my happy place. Am I? Is this a rerun? Did you all already say your happy places? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right. No, 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 not at all. When I was in college, I actually had a spot, and I called it my happy place. I'm not even kidding. What was it? <laughs> Um, so I went to school in Santa Cruz, California, where the redwoods meet the surf and the oh, whole yeah. back mm-hmm. end of campus is just redwood trees and foresty and it's all very, and I had a special spot in a ravine. I had a seat. It was green. It was lovely. Smelled good. Felt good. And that's, that was, I called it my happy place. I, I, okay. 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 I have a lot of happy places in Seattle. <laughs> My happy place was the troll. You guys, if you ever go to Seattle, you go to Fremont, you cross the bridge. There are lots of bridges because there's so many bodies of water. And there's one bridge in Fremont. And it was Fremont, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've moved so many times that I sometimes lose track. And I'll mistake. I'll put one name to a place that, that didn't have that name. So it was in Fremont, but there's a they call it the troll, but it's a cyclop. And from the ground to the to the top where the the freeway overpasses, the bridge, is just the head of the cyclop. He has one eye and he has this hand that's coming out. He looks quite menacing. But that troll was my happy place, one of my happy places in Seattle. I would go there around midnight, after midnight, and just sit there and just cry to the troll. Because I was looking for my true love. I'm like, where is he, buddy? I'm all alone over here. (laughs) Happy place. Okay, next. Who's next? Happy place. I I just wanted to make an observation that, Fawn, you have so many you places. (laughs) When you weren't sure where and who you were, I was just like, I just heard about seven. Really? (laughs) This is why I need therapy. (laughs) I'm just observing. Um, thank you. you. up as you spoke about each of them. So I think you do have quite a few you places, my love. Thanks for saying that because I feel like such an oddball that doesn't belong on the planet. So you saying that is a total healing for me. Thanks, KJ. You're welcome. Well, I'll go. Um, my happy place is the mountains. I love driving up in the mountains to look at the beautiful trees growing in the side of the rocks, which is amazing how they can do that. And, um, you know, going up to um, 
fun, you would die if you ever drove on Trail Ridge Road. It's the highest road, I think, in the United States. Or I mean, it's just outstandingly beautiful. And if you look over the side, you you could drop down thousands of feet. It's just so scary, but it's so awesome and beautiful. And then, um, like last fall, a friend and I went up there and we got out and we looked at the trees changing and the air was so crisp and clean and noticeably different than what it is here. And it just felt so clean and vibrant and beautiful. And you just couldn't breathe enough of it in. And the trees were just gorgeous. And there's just so much about it. It's beautiful. And when I was in herb school, we used to go up all the time identifying herbs and in the woods and holding plants and digging up OSHA. And, and it's just, it's just really fun. And, and it's not scary because I didn't see any bears, <laughs> any, <laughs> any wildcats or anything like that around. So don't be afraid to go because it's really cool. And then the other happy place too, I'll have to agree with you, it's the ocean. I've been to the ocean many, many, many times and I just feel, I love swimming in it. And when we were younger, we got to go snorkeling in the Virgin Islands. And that was the most fascinating thing. When you were a 10 year old kid, learning how to snorkel and see fish that are colors of the rainbow and you could almost touch them. It was just awesome. So I totally agree with you guys on the ocean. It is not like the lakes. I've lived on a lake in Wisconsin for a number of years, and it's fun, but it's boring. There's no, <laughs> really, there's yeah. no sound. There's no yeah. fury. There's no, there's sure the wind whips it up and stuff, but there's no, there's no life. There's no action. A lake is very placid, and then the wind will blow it, but that's about it. So there's no like, there's no like energy from the earth there. It's just kind of there. So um, that's that's definitely what lakes are. They're, they're kind of boring. <laughs> they can be fun fishing and swimming and skiing and stuff, but that's about it. The first time so, I went snorkeling, I put on the goggles and yeah. I, I put my head underwater. So first of all, before I put my head underwater without the goggles, I was looking around and I was in the ocean everything was very peaceful there was not much wind it was really sunny it seemed very quiet there was no one around and then I put the goggles on and then I went underwater and I screamed underwater because I had no <laughs> I idea all these creatures were all around me within centimeters mm -hmm. all these fish I was like what the I could mm -hmm. not believe the party that was underneath <laughs> like absolutely <laughs> It's crazy wild. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And the yeah. lakes are weird, and, too. And then, and then it can get scary, too, when you see stingrays and barracudas. It's like, okay, I'm turning around. <laughs> but you learn how to give them space. So. You know, it's but interesting. It it's because an amazing world. It really there. is. I mean, yeah. but see, that stuff doesn't scare me. But the rattle, whatever's in the mountains... That I can't see or can't see. No, thank you. Yeah. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Okay. I get no, that. I, don't know. I can get, I mean, get you. But Katie, I would love to go up with you because I, I need an expert to tell me what is going on. You know, okay. we took some classes with some rangers when we moved to Colorado. Mm -hmm. And I, I got to say, they scared me even more. Oh, like no. we went hiking. We went to the tippy tippy top of somewhere. 
and then she's like that's the continental divide i'm like oh it's a real thing like i, I didn't think about it the continental yeah. divide because it at precisely it's usually around noon isn't it katie how the weather changes all of a sudden and we have the lightning bolts and the the rain the, yeah it's it's in because the summer, of the, the storms come in in the afternoon yeah and you have to be careful if you want to go hiking certain areas you have to go early in the morning um because then be the storms come in and then the midday. lightning and you don't want to be out in the middle of a meadow in the storm right <laughs> the and it, it's like all of a sudden night and day at noon precisely you have to if you're hiking you need to be down but that's when she taught us she taught us so much but one of the things that terrified me even more was she was talking about have you all heard where the term out of the blue comes from do you guys know where the term out of the blue comes from so we're standing on this cliff and she's pointing we're looking at the divide the continental divide and it was a bright sunny day very hot and all of a sudden we could see a layer of clouds coming over the divide and she said okay when we look up in the sky right now it's all blue right but this is precisely the moment we would get hit by lightning i'm like what we we better get out of here like why is she still talking like can we go i was seriously panicking and she's like out of the blue the term out of the blue is you see those they're miles away but those clouds can suddenly strike us with with lightning with a lightning bolt where oh. we stand right here i'm like right here right i'm like matt get the keys let's get out of here god why is she still talking anyway so that's where the term out of the blue comes from because it's lightning from out of the blue it's from those clouds far away anyway i digress beth where where is your happy place my happy place one of them is the library <laughs> uh which might sound really silly but uh Aww. just nope yeah everybody's so agreeing it's not quiet. silly <laughs> and the quietness and sometimes I would go and work there like as business owners they don't always necessarily think go and work in the library but I used to go because I knew it would be quiet I knew there would be a table and a plug and somewhere I could plug myself in and I would be surrounded by books or art some of the libraries would have like art galleries upstairs and things so mm. that is one of my happy places the other would be just like at home watching reruns of Columbo on a Sunday. <laughs> That's my kind of guilty pleasure. I love I love Columbo. Um, and it's always on when I need it to be on. You know, when you just want to chill out and you just sit down and you flick through the channels and Columbo is always on. Well, he is in the UK anyway. I used to watch it as a child, like insane, like a six-year-old child watching Columbo. But I just love it so much. He's a Colum fascinating I character. A lot. You what, sorry? I'm sorry I interrupted. He's a fascinating character. I used to hate Columbo mm -hmm. until someone said, because I said, he's so annoying. And someone said, that's precisely why he's so good yeah. at his job. Exactly. I think I, I, mm -hmm. I learned a lot about psychology or, and mm -hmm. human interaction from Columbo. Yes. I learned about, and actually the way that he pretends not to understand something. Or, mm -hmm. I think I learned a lot about that. I think that taught me how to interact with people. Have you guys Rangely. ever seen the movie <laughs> Columbo is in? It was in the 80s, I think. It's called Wings of Desire. Has anyone seen that? It's one of my favorite movies. Wings of Desire. 
please see it. It's my inspiration for so many things I've done is that movie. But Columbo's in it too. (laughs) He makes, he makes a, a, an appearance and it's perfect. Anyway, Wings of Desire. I shall look that up. Yeah, it's really good. It's about these angels that are watching over humanity and they can, they can hear people's thoughts He's and, ringing a bell, actually, and maybe have seen And it. guess what, Beth? These angels mostly hang out at the library. No way. And so, <laughs> and so they hear people's thoughts, and then they go down, and they put their hand on the person's shoulder. Oh. And so this person is having, like, a stream of consciousness that is negative. And when the angel's hand gets put on their shoulder, and they don't know this is happening... But all of a sudden, their thoughts, their words start changing for the better. And then all of a sudden, they're on the right path again. And then then oh. the angel takes their hand off. They're good. The person's good to go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a cool. love story. It's, an, it's about mm-hmm. an angel who falls in love with a human being. Oh, I think I've seen that. Is that got um, what, Nicolas Cage in it? Oh, my Nicolas God. Um, no, that's City of Angels. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Another, another human. Yeah. This is, Angels and humans. And... This is all <laughs> in German. And it takes place in Berlin. And the wall is still up. And it's just, it's it's beautiful. It, it's dark and beautiful. It's gorgeous. The cinematography is beautiful. It's just, the music is beautiful. It's one of those movies I love, but I can't really watch that much. Like another, one of my favorite movies is, Cinema Paradiso. One note from the very beginning, and I'm just I can't. All the tears <laughs> I have, I'm dried up. Immediately start bawling, crying. But it's one of my favorite movies. But I can't watch it. I can't watch it, especially as a mother. Now I can't do it. Favorite places. Um. So so mine mine is um. I'm quite blessed. But mine is where I live. So I live in Somerset, which is a county in England and think of like Lord of the Rings yeah so you have the Shire in Lord of the Rings with all the little hobbits that smoke their pipe weed and drink their ale and they're just like you know they have farm festivals where they rate what size pig you have and stuff like that so that's what we have here and instead of drinking their ales they drink cider and that's where they make cider is in Somerset in England and they call it the rolling hills of cider of cider of Somerset <laughs> um and uh, we have, is it fascinating fact? So we have like the most different types of clouds in the world in Somerset. So I think okay. there's like 56 different types and we have 52 or something. And England has 58 the most in the world and Somerset has the most in, uh, in England. We get like cloud experts coming in there. I never knew those cloud experts, but apparently there oh. are. And um, just like, you know, the, the, that meadow feel of the rolling hills with the beautiful sunsets and sunrises that come with all the clouds and you know having barefooted and the comfortability of the community that they're quite like um quite homely like in the shire and lord of the rings and the way people dress is like how they dress in lord of the rings you know like the little hobbits it's just like it is a place of true you know a bit of heaven on earth truly for, for me anyway um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's my home. That's where my happy place is. One of my happy places. I want to move there. I've always wanted to move there. 
Yeah, come move here. Woo! I tried. I love that. I lived there for two years, on and off, as a yeah, student. That, yeah, you were you in Guildford, which is a couple of hours away, isn't it? I, I, I lived in Guildford, and I also lived in Cambridge. And I tried desperately to stay, but I'm a rules girl. Like I, I can't break any laws or anything. So, I I couldn't figure out how to work there and do it legitimately. So, mm. here I am. <laughs> I'm gonna tag on to. I am a big library and bookstore girl as well. I, I could while away hours and hours, days, when surrounded by books. And the smell, the smell of books. Mm-hmm. Matt always wants to go to secondhand bookstores wherever we go, wherever we travel to. They're, they yeah, they hold right such there. beautiful information about every community, libraries and bookstores for sure. Yeah. Well, to close off the show, I ask one question. What should we hold? What emotion should we hold, do you think, for our world? Way too big of a question. Jeez. Sorry. <laughs> Way too big. I'm going to say fun. Ha. And I'm not going to explain it. Yeah. Okay, good. We'll make it quick, folks. Um, mine is... I always ask questions I don't really have the answer to myself quite. Yeah. Hmm. What is mine? Um, love. Mm-hmm. How about happiness? Oh, yeah, that's good. Yes, please. Hope. Oh, yes. Yeah. Joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're so adorable <laughs> um self self truth wow yeah. mm. Yay. beautiful i guess that's it until next week that's my our new drum you guys what do you, you think will. did you go yeah you said fun i'm sorry Mm-hmm. See, it's the the way we're positioned with this podcast. Like my back has to be to you because I'm facing the computer. Yes. Stop oh, it. I saw that. Stop it. He's trying. To, what did he do? Was he trying to make those bunny ears? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay. Matt, we would do that all the time in our family. We have many pictures of of my son going like this to my husband in, in pictures, and it, that's been a big joke in our family. Also, those bunny ears on the head. Yep. God, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what Matt will do that to the girls all the time since they were mm-hmm. born. There are baby yep. pictures with those mm-hmm. little antennas sticking out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, thank you everyone for being so gracious and kind with your expressions and your creativity and for listening. And thank you all for listening out there. We will see you next week with our round table. Have a beautiful every day, everybody. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll talk to you in a few days. Be well. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.